dream. It was clearer than a memory. And I heard the sound of thundering hooves, splintering shields and ringing swords. And I placed my hand upon the Iron Throne. And all the dragons roared as one. I consider the matter urgent. That of your hey everybody, welcome back to the Love Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today, we are discussing House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is an American fantasy drama television series, a prequel to Game of Thrones. Uh, which ran between 2011 and 2019. It is the second show in the franchise created by George R.R. R. Martin. It's also uh, created and I believe show run by Ryan Condal for HBO. Both are based on a Song of Ice and Fire novels by Martin. Condal and Miguel Sapochnik are the showrunners. Most people that have watched Game of Thrones and know a little bit behind the scenes know that Miguel Sapochnik is uh, known for directing some of the biggest uh, action set pieces that were in Game of Thrones, the original show. So um, I'm going to kind of put up front that there's probably going to be spoilers for Game of Thrones, uh, the original show. So. I'm not 100% sure how much we need to know versus don't know of this show versus the book. I'm just going to completely uh, review the show off of the knowledge that I'm getting from the show. I have not read the book. I know there's a large subsection of uh, fans and um, people in the community that are really intense into the knowledge of the Game of Thrones lore. I am not one of them. I'm just strictly the show guys. Uh, I'm a show guy. Um, not because I'm, I'm against it. I'm just saying that I just don't have time to do that at this point. Um, so all of the uh, knowledge I'll be getting is from other podcasts and from watching the show as well. And uh, obviously my, my own interpretation and opinions. Um, but yeah, so most people that have watched Game of Thrones, the original show, remember Miguel Spotstick from uh, uh, several of the big battle scenes at the end of the last couple seasons, as well as Hard Home, which was one of the most, uh, one of the biggest action set pieces I think individuals uh, had seen on the small screen since uh, actually probably ever. That's the whole thing about Game of Thrones is if you're coming into this kind of blind and you're like, well, what the whole, th- what, what was the deal with Game of Thrones? Why was it so um, popular, formulative, and why did it pave the way for uh, storytelling going forward? Well, it had such a wide scale, wide scope, widescaping, uh, epic tale of a story. It was impeccably acted. It was uh, extremely well directed. Uh, for the first few seasons, I'd say seasons one through six were almost flawless with the give or take a couple plot lines um, that probably could have been a little bit more shifted. But other than that, it, the, the storytelling was so compelling. You're seeing things 
that uh, are shocking, gasp, you know, uh, breathtaking from uh, the epic storytelling nature of it down to the audacity of, you know, just the, the crazy bloodlines that are intersecting for better or for worse. Um, so, yeah, you, there, there's things that we were uh, not prone to in uh, American storytelling specifically that Game of Thrones introduces us to and it puts fantasy and it puts betrayal and political intrigue all at the forefront, um, mixing uh, a really nice blend of them all. And so um, just kind of my background with Game of Thrones was I had heard about it for seasons one through three and then binged them all. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing show. And then continued to watch it from season three forward. Um, and so just like a lot of people, I was uh, disappointed in the last few episodes, specifically the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. The the blockbusteriness. I've done other podcasts of covering Game of Thrones from uh, all see all eight seasons and then we discussed uh, the documentary as well which was way more about the behind the scenes not so much about the storytelling but uh, I think most people would agree that the way that Game of Thrones ended was on a disappointing note mostly because of the fact of um, you know people were uh, I think most people would say that the showrunners uh, Dan and D.B. Weiss have uh they they rushed the ending and so that's that's what the whole problem for me was at the ending it's not necessarily where we ended up it was that it felt so rushed it felt there was the things that happened with the Daenerys Targaryen character um that really turned her into like I said and we're going to talk about spoilers for Game of Thrones original um but they basically turned what what we're t watching is somewhat of a good a good individual turn bad and go mad with power. Now, for me, I could understand that uh, coming into, you know, fruition, I could see that happening with this character. And they were talking, you know, people had been discussing, you know, are we watching uh, a mad queen? And honestly, they just kind of pepper that in right before the ending, before she actually does become the mad, the mad queen. I don't think that it was an organic storytelling um, tactic of, um, telling the the Daenerys Targaryen story, so thus it felt like um, a, a betrayal of the character for for a big chunk of it, and I think it really turned a lot of people off. But not to the point where people aren't watching um, House of the Dragon now. I was uh, kind of waiting for maybe one or two episodes to come through before I reviewed it. I was kind of taking a little break myself. I um, went on vacation and whatnot. I'll talk about it in the aftercast if you want to hear about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to watch a couple of the House of Dragons uh, show episodes before I really got into it because I knew I was going to review at least the first episode or a, a couple of them um, and probably maybe the last if it's if it reviews well. Um, but yeah, so I think the first episode got around 10 million, um, 10 million views within the first 24 hours or something like that. And that's uh, that's extremely good for a show that uh, kind of irreparably has a really bad reputation of, of the ending. But you know what? I, I think that the House of the Dragon has potential to possibly retcon the ending of Game of Thrones. Now, 
if anyone has watched Better Call Saul recently, now you know that I, it's without spoilers that it's a prequel just like this show is, but they are also adding um, information that you learn post the Breaking Bad show. So if the House of the Dragon does it, they might be able to sprinkle in narrative. They might be able to sprinkle in story beats and elements that could improve upon the ending of Game of Thrones. In um, my review, I said, I really think that one or two episodes would have been pretty beneficial to kind of explain the the Mad Queen subplot. And I think for the most part, you know, um, uh, with with having additional time with this person or additional time with the storyline, we can understand the motivations a little bit better. Um, now, I'm not saying that House of the Dragon is going to do that. I haven't read the books. I haven't listened. I'm trying not to listen to podcasts that have focus on the books. So I kind of go in clean and fresh um, and unsullied, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, so I, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I definitely could see them kind of retconning a little bit of things that happened at the end of that. But then again, you know, um, time can make things a little bit more difficult for that to happen. Um so let's continue on a little bit. Uh, so yeah, Condal, Miguel, Spotsnik are the showrunners. It's based on parts of the novel Fire and Blood. The series is set about 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. It uh, portrays the beginning of the end of House Targaryen, um, I guess that means that they're going down. Sorry, I I don't I don't even know. I I guess that that's not exactly true because we have Daenerys coming up later. I'm not sure if that events, but anyways, the events leading up and towards the the covering the Targaryen War of Succession, known as the Dance of uh, known as the Dance of the Dragons, House of the Dragon. Uh, received a straight-to-series order in October 2019, with cast casting beginnings in July 2020, principal photography starting in April 2021 in the UK. The series premiered on August 21st, 2022, with the first season consistent of 10 episodes, five days after its premiere. The show, uh, the series was renewed for a second season. Sabachnik departed as a showrunner after the first season, leaving Condal to serve as the sole showrunner for the second season. Now, I've heard that, um, you know, this was pre- uh mutual on both the hbo and on spotchnik it's not like some sort of like he had to go or something like that or some sort of like big scandal to what i'm hearing was he was pretty burnt out on having to work so hard on game of thrones the original show that um you know he has to he's just tired and i I could totally understand that um especially because to my knowledge he's cranked out a few movies as well and um you know, he, he's a he's a pretty hard worker, so I could see him wanting to kind of step down and, you know, let the, the rest of the show kind of run itself. But he is an executive producer as well. Um, so, yeah, the show, to my knowledge, I'm not going to talk about any too big time, any any massive amounts of time leaps or anything like that, 
because I think it kind of gets a little bit more difficult to talk about without the, the that happening. So we have um, Patty Constantine as King Viserys Targaryen. Um, I'm not going to read too much of the descriptions of the different characters because I'm trying to keep it very loose, keep it very um, spoiler free for myself and for the viewer as well. But I will say the performances of Patty Considine as a uh, uh, King Viserys Targaryen, Matt Smith as Prince Damon Targaryen. Uh, uh, let me see, Millie at Millie Alcock as Princess Rhaenyra uh Targaryen, Olivia, sorry, uh Emily Carey, uh Reese Ifans as Sir Otto Tower. Um all these individuals are the ones I recognize the most. Um I gotta say that the performances on all of these individuals are pretty breathtaking for them to be able to step into the world of Game of Thrones and basically what feels like just man the ship. It feels like this. When I started watching House of the Dragon, the first episode, the second episode, I was like, wow, it does. It's an odd, uh, nostalgic feeling to watch this show again. Um, Post pandemic, it feels like a time before um, all of the the pandemic stuff happened because it technically was you know that was 2019 when all that went down but um you know and and people had kind of turned their backs against uh game of thrones but there is still some sort of like nostalgia that is really hitting with me with regards of just being back in westeros i i enjoyed the the feel of it i enjoy the rapport even though i know that we're not going or, or technically we're still going on um george rr R. martin's books because he was he hadn't finished the post game of thrones but he has finished the prequel so technically we're still there um just the rapport the political intrigue the kind of brashness of people um one of my favorite uh, new individuals on here I, I like everybody on the on the uh, the casting list but one that always is catching my eye is Reese Ifans as Sir Otto Tower and Otto Hightower and he's like your your grade a Game of Thrones character that is on one end shaking someone's hand and on the other he has the the knife in the back ready to stab it just feels like that character that really embodies, uh, you know, the political intrigue and betrayal that I love so much about the show. I felt like the the ending of Game of Thrones uh, original um, turned into such a blockbuster that it wasn't even that much fun to watch anymore because the first few seasons were were working on more of a budget and so they're not allowed to show the massive dragon scales the massive battles all of that stuff all that goodness but i mean but when it did happen it became very um it became special but it felt like towards the end of the season that it just was not as present for the political intrigue was not as present and not written as smartly for the last few seasons so um yeah that, that that's probably what i'd say is um being back in this world is um it's fun it feels nostalgic 
so yeah, and and Reese Ifans plays this character, the hand of the king, basically the right right hand man of the king, um, to a T. I'm just very surprised about how, where this Reese Ifans. I remember him from the uh, uh, replacements. He was the the replacement kicker, and uh, it was one of my my father's favorite movies back in the day. He used to watch it all the time, but um, I used to love that character, and um, I, I just wish he was in more, more stuff. You know, he was the lizard or whatever and spider-man and so um he's just not used enough and i think that this is an excellent use of his character so uh let me hop into the first episode real quick and we'll decide after that how much more we will discuss um the heirs of the dragon with both his sons dead old king jahiris uh the first Targaryen convenes a great council to choose an heir. The Westerosi lords select uh, Jaehaerys' eldest grandson, Prince Viserys, over his eldest grandchild, um, Princess uh, Rhaenys. Rhaenys. Um, Nine years into his reign, King Viserys organizes a, a tournament to celebrate the queen. Uh, a Amos Aaron's pregnancy. Confident she is carrying his long-awaited male heir, which she technically is. The small council disregards Master of Ships Lord Corliss Valerian's warning that uh, a triarchy and alliance of Essos's free cities threatens to cripple Westerosi's Westerosi's shipping lanes jesus this is hard to say um hand of the king sir otto tower criticizes the series brother and heir um prince damon played by matt smith for his brutality as the city watch commander at the tournament sir Kristen cole a common born dornish knight out competes damon while Ama dies in childbirth, which is a very difficult scene to watch. Um, newborn son Balon dies shortly after, which is very sad. Um, but I believe this was discussed in the Game of Thrones original movie. Like I said, it's been a long time, and I honestly had no idea who to picture when they were talking about this. So now you can understand the whole family hierarchy. Um, as the heir for a day, outraged, the series banishes Damon from King's Landing and anoints his only living child, Princess Rhaenyra, heir to the Iron Throne. Um, and in the whole aesthetic, I honestly, there's this whole like Rings of Power versus Game of Thrones CGI battle versus set design versus who's got the better show. First of all, I think it's apples to oranges. Second of all, they're two totally different aesthetics. They're almost, they're so different in what they are. It's like, it's almost like comparing superhero movies to a, to a degree, but it'd be like, you know, some are gritty, some are campy, you know, so you, and you can't really, you can't really compare the two. And I feel like it's really difficult to compare the Rings of Power and Lord of the, and, uh, the Lord of the Rings show to 
the House of the Dragon show, but was saying that I think that the the aesthetic and design of House of the Dragon is is probably superior. It just feels so grungy and lived in and and terrible to to be back in that time. And that's what I feel like it should feel like when I watch Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. It's not a diss on the show. I've only watched one episode, but when I watched it, I was like, everyone is so damn clean. The elves, clean, sexy, looking good. Uh, was it the hobbits? Even the dirt that they have on them looks like it's just placed. It doesn't look like a grungy, nasty place. I mean, there's a, a nasty cow in the first Rings of Power show, but that's about as nasty as we get. Um, and I understand that it's TV 14 as well. Know that if you're comparing the two, you're probably not going to have the sex. You're not going to have the betrayal. You're not going to have the stabbings. You're not going to have any of the, the violence um, that you get in uh, House of the Dragon. Not to say it's any better, not to say it's any worse. I'm just saying that they're, they're probably not going to hit that uh, level of uh, craziness with their show. So, yeah, the, the first episode really establishes all of these characters it establishes the the king as kind of uh a guy that he needs help you know and he's mostly trying to do the right thing the whole time you know and then you see Otto hightower scheming up in the back with his daughter you know go help um you see uh you're introduced to queen ama and uh she seems like a great queen you see uh princess uh uh Rhaenyra and um yeah Princess Rhaenyra is um free spirit I guess is would be what you'd say she's some weird combination of like Danny and uh Maisie Williams character what the hell is it uh youngest Stark god dang I can't remember whatever Maisie Williams character uh youngest Stark um she combination of those two and it's a good first episode. I think it's a great establishing episode. It's not like a super strong, compelling episode from like the the, the charismatic uh, lines that you were used to getting in Game of Thrones uh, original, but it still, I think, works really well. Um, Matt Smith is in just chewing up the scenery. He's loving everything he's doing. Um, and uh, yeah, you see how the... Uh, the succession line is going to have to happen throughout this um throughout this world and you kind of see how some people are starting to raise their hairs are starting to raise about the king about hmm i don't know if i agree with you you know and the more people that are disagreeing with him the more targets he's painting on his back and so uh the second episode the rogue prince six Six months after Rhaenyra is named heir, Damon illegally occupies Dragonstone, supported by the loyal city watch's guards. Oh yeah, I forgot to say, Sir Otto, Ta Sir Otto Hightower sends in his uh, daughter in the first episode to go, quote-unquote, comfort the king and know, know that she is best friends with his daughter. And so that turns into a, a, a longer-standing... Um, uh, that turns into a longer standing piece uh, with the king versus his daughter. You know, it's like if his daughter, is his daughter, you know, Princess uh, Rhaenyra going to be cool with her best friend becoming basically her stepmom? I don't know. This Game of Thrones. Let's see. 
second episode, the rogue prince, six months after Rhaenyra is, oh, and I forgot to say, the king is like getting cut by his own throne because apparently in the book is possibly written that he's not worthy and that the throne's trying to get him out of there. But then again, he is sitting on like a bit, like a thousand swords that are going all behind him. And um, yeah, you're bound to get cut by something. Um, and he's got these like crazy blisters all over him. It's definitely not looking good. Second episode, The Rogue Prince. Six months after Rhaenyra is named heir, Daemon illegally occupies Dragonstone, supported by the loyal city's watch, watch guards. When Prince Admiral Craig, Craig Hars, Drar, known as the Crab Feeder, menaces the stepstones at this triarchy's behest, um, Rhaenyra's suggestion to show force is dismissed. She is instead relegated to appointing a new King's Guards knight. Ignoring others' advice, she chooses Sir Criston, the only knight with actual battle experience. Sir Otto, Sir Otto's daughter, Lady Alicent, has been privately consoling Viserys since his wife's death. She advises that he and Rhaenyra discuss his kingly duty to remarry Lord Corlys and his uh, consort, Princess uh, Rhaenys, proposes that Viserys unite their Valerian houses through marriage with their 12-year-old daughter. And it is like, bleh, like, that's, uh, that's a horrible thing to do. That's a horrible thing to say. That's a, that's a very just shocking and fucked up on multiple levels. But the more that the story goes on, it's like, unfortunately, that might have uh, it might have saved their life, depending on where the story ends. I'm not sure what's going to happen to them, but I'm pretty sure this decision is going to haunt him in the same way that Rob Stark made the wrong decision about marriage as well. Um, we all saw the Red Wedding. And so, you know, uh, and it's it's terrible. You 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 watch this like twelve year old. I think she's probably younger. She's like you watch this twelve year old like walking with this grown ass man, and she's like all dolled up, looking like one of those pageant kids. And she's like, "You won't have to wed me until I'm fourteen." It's like the the king is his head is like damn spinning right there. And I was like, "Oh god, it's just a it's a whole shit show right there." Um, absolutely not. <laughs> so um what do we have here uh and her name is uh Leanna, i think meanwhile the small council learns that damon proclaiming himself the true heir stole a dragon egg and intends to marry his mistress Messira. a lot of people have things to say about Messira's accent it felt a little bit like stereotypical quote-unquote like like asian stereotypical but she i think she is actually asian but i've seen her in other things she was this actress was in devs as the main actress and she was not talking like this so i'm not really sure what she was told to do i'm just gonna say that that her accent i think was the first thing i've said about the show that i was like eh, i don't like that about the show um not to make or break or anything i was just like it's just straight up i don't like it um so 
he uh Damon's proclaiming he's going to marry her as a second spouse. Sir Otto, because his original spouse he's just not into. Sir Sir Otto and uh, detachment sail to Dragonstone to retrieve the egg. I got to say that Messier, by the way, reminds me of uh, Tyrion's girlfriend in season four and five, I believe. Again, I forgot her name. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to remember what. Right. But they kind of have like similar aesthetics, I guess. Um, Rhaenyra follows on her dragon, uh, Cyrex, and forces Damon to renounce his false claims and return the egg to her. I love when they're talking in the uh, old Valyria or something like that, or whatever the heck they talk. Um, uh, I think they make it sound like a legitimate language. I know that they have like a legitimate language coordinator on there, but it really does sound like it. Um, Viserys announces he will wed Lady Alicent, angered Lord Corley's, who then seeks out Damon to propose an alliance. I gotta say, I like Lord Corley's look, but uh, I'm not sure I'd, uh, I like his uh, style with how he's kind of going, doing the betrayal. Um, so yeah, there are multiple time jumps happening from these episodes. I don't have the exact number right here, but there's about to be a substantial one here in a second um, into the third episode. Um, second of his name. For three years, the conflicts in the southern steppe. Yeah, three years. Yeah, the, that's a, that is it. The conflicts in the southern stepstones um, region have escalated. Um, and by this point that uh, the king, yeah, like I said in the last episode, he has announced that he's going to marry um, Rhaenyra, his daughter's best friend, Alicent, Otto Hightower's um, daughter. So everything's going according to plan, you know, according to the Otto Hightower plan. For three years, the conflicts in the southern stepstones region have escalated. Lord Corley's and Prince um, Damon battle Cragaris Drahar, which is the crab feeder and his pirates without support from the crown, which remains neutral regarding the situation. Meanwhile, King Viserys plan a great hunt to celebrate his pregnant queen, Alicent's son, um, Aegon II's birthday. And uh, the great hunt is not so much a great hunt. Uh, by this point, I think we find out that King Viserys has lost two fingers. And basically, the great hunt is them stalking a damn terrified uh, elk at down and um, uh, tying it down so that they can just stick it with a damn uh, spear. Anyways. King Viserys plans a great hunt, blah, 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 for his second son's birthday. Rhaenyra's, uh, Rhaenyra, his daughter, resents the attention his father continue, continually heaps on Aegon. Their relationship is further strained by uh, the ailing king's insistence that Rhaenyra marry to form a strong alliance and protect the lineage. Right now... Rhaenyra is not looking good in the Game of Thrones spectrum of playing the game. Honestly, I think the strongest houses um, end up being like the Lannisters, the ones that kind of 
honestly try to marry within and and spread who they're with like uh uh just playing the game does not seem to be what uh Rhaenyra wants to do at this point and she's going to fight her way out of it whether it works or not we're going to find out and i think millie ag alcock is doing an exceptional job of being regal but also stubborn during her uh scenes as uh Rhaenyra. So among the suitors is Lord Jason Lannister of Casterly Rock, a match Rhaenyra opposes. And to be honest, I kind of found him a little bit despicable as well. I don't remember what movie I saw him in, but I saw him in, I want to say like a, a horror movie recently. I can't remember off the top of my head who plays this, but apparently they use this, the same, this actor's um, face for, um, a second actor as well. I let me see. Let me do Jefferson Hall. Let me see what he was in. Oh, he was one of the um, reporters at the beginning of uh, Halloween, the most recent um, remake of it. I remember that now. Um, I was trying to figure out where that guy's face was. Uh, so familiar, but yeah. So they double this dude's for this dude's face and make him a twin. And uh, he's playing Jason Lannister um, and another uh, Thai, Thailand re, uh, Lannister, I guess. Um, so Lord Strong recommends that Rhaenyra wed Sir Laenor Valerion, uh, Lord Corlys's son, to repair the rift between the two houses. On his brother Hobart, Hobart's advice, um, Otto urges Alicent to persuade the king to name Aegon um, heir, which is his grandson. Furthering the Hightower's power and prestige, Viserys assures uh, Rhaenyria she is the heir and can choose her consort. After uh, which, I, I find uh, interesting that uh, Alicent is both kind of playing the game as you know the mother the queen but she's also playing the role as the best friend which shows that she still has uh some empathy for Rhaenyra. she could go mad with power but for right now she's still there for her. um after sir vaymont valerion pleads for the king's help the series relents and sends aides to the stepstones seeing the arrival of his brother's aid as the end of the opportunity to prove himself damon uses himself as bait to ambush and slaughter the triarchy, killing the crab feeder in the ensuing battle. In the battle, I gotta say, despite some of the disbelief, uh, the disbelievability of it, I gotta say it was badass. I mean, uh, Dame, uh, uh, Matt Smith swinging that sword, fucking whooping some ass, kind of getting shot a couple times with these arrows. I mean, he's not invincible, but he's definitely, he's pushing through the battle like he is. It's just a... Uh, fucking shit show and then they have the dragon coming down and then it's just like uh, you can tell that the money is on the screen I've heard that they spent a, a buck ton on the on these episodes and um, it definitely feels like big blockbuster action um, but this has been the biggest battle that we've had with this 
series so far and i'm here for it i'm totally here for it so let me know what you thought about house of the dragon the review the show is the first three episodes i know we're gonna have the fourth one coming up um in a day or so but um yeah i'm really enjoying it and um you know i i'm definitely going to finish it and in i know a lot of people are going to say in comparison to uh rings of power which one's better it's uh, for me right now they're so different it's so hard to compare the two i'm i feel like i'm not loving rings of power but i've only watched one episode i'm like one and a half episodes in on rings of power so i need to finish that i'm i'm way more invested in the house of the dragon aesthetically for um just the knowledge of knowing these characters as well, like where it's probably going to lead to and knowing just the aesthetic overall. I know the rules of the world. I, there there aren't just random elves running around and hobbits and all this random shit. I like I'm not as um, knowledgeable of Tolkien uh, lore as I am with uh, Game of a uh, Game of Thrones. Um, not because I dislike it or anything like that. I've really enjoyed the uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I, that one, that one's the only Lord of the Rings I've seen in full. So I might have to go back and rewatch those to see what was really going on. But I know the, there's some sort of wonkiness where they they got the rights to like half of the stuff, like the appendices, but they can't say like hobbits and all this other stuff. But they can say Sauron and they can say the rings. I don't know. There's some weird copywriting thing going uh uh, going on with it. It's like y'all spent a half a billion dollars and you still can't call them hobbits. It's like, oh my lanta. I, I don't know what's going on. So um, I'm probably going to have to watch the majority of the Rings of Power to kind of get an establishing um, repertoire of what, you know, how, what is going on? Who do I got to cheer for? What are we doing? Where are the rings? Where's the power? That type of thing. Because <laughs> um, right now it feels this first episode of rings of power felt way more like the witcher for me than uh game of thrones not a bad thing like i said just what i'm noticing um maybe it is maybe it's not we'll find out um let me know what you thought about the review let me know what you thought about house of the dragon first couple episodes again um only going to respond to things that are regarding the first three episodes don't be posting a whole bunch of stuff about book lore um that isn't discussed in the first three episodes. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. But, you know, check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out on all the uh, podcast players, YouTubes, um, luckyoutpodcast.com. Um, be sure to check out the top 10 list. We are keeping an updated list of the top 10 movies uh, that we are watching and um, of 2022. Eventually, at the end of the year, we are going to do the review for that. But if you want to know, the top movies that we're enjoying this year, go ahead to luckadollpodcast.com. Scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the top 10 movies of 2022. Thank you for listening, watching Look at All Podcast. And take it easy. You can never imagine yourself on the Iron Throne. Where is duty? Where is sacrifice?